That is something that is so needed in the lives of, of Christians today. We shared a bit of that thought in the Spanish ministry this morning, uh, that during a, a time of turmoil, uh, God's people can walk by faith and uh, can rise above the confusion of the world. John uh, chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you that believe in me, or in, uh, that you might in me you might have peace. He says, in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And we can have peace in the midst of uh, turmoil when we walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you for the message. Wonderful, precious peace of the Lord. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and then we will be in Genesis chapter 5. You find your place. Would you stand with me? As we read together this morning the Word of God, I, I was just thinking uh, a moment ago, such a, a blessing that uh, we have this new facility and uh, we're able to scatter people uh, through all of the, the building upstairs and all the way to the back and just to have everybody scattered out. And uh, it's a blessing that we have this. Uh, if we were in our old facility, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing right now. So I'm thankful uh, for that. God's been so good to us. Hebrews 11, verse 5 this morning, we're going to look at the faith of Enoch. Uh, the faith of Enoch. Verse 5 uh, says, uh, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now take your Bibles and go with me uh, to the book of Genesis, chapter 5. And we're going to see the account from which uh, this uh, message is taken. Genesis, chapter 5. Genesis, chapter 5. And we'll, we'll skip all the way down to verse number 18 of Genesis, chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5, verse number 18. It reads, And Jared lived an hundred sixty and two years, and he begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch eight hundred years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were nine hundred sixty and two years, and he died. Let me just uh, state here, I believe literally what the Bible says. And understand, when this man lived nine hundred sixty-two years, he lived nine hundred sixty-two years. And we know, of course, this was before the flood, and we have the environment that was so perfect, and uh, we just have situations and circumstances, and, and I believe the Bible, as it says. And then it says in verse 21, And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not for God took him. The faith of Enoch. I, I think as we're marching through the, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, uh, it's really interesting how, how you have, uh, have uh, I believe God's word is perfect and accurate and in every detail. And I believe Enoch and his faith is, is so applicable to us in the day in which we live today. And we're going to relate some of those thoughts here this morning for us. Uh, just I hope uh, by way of encouragement and oh, as never before today, God's people need peace and we need the peace that comes by a walk of faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you go to the Lord with me, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask the Lord's way in this time and in this service. Father, we thank you. It is such a blessing, such a joy to be in this place. And thank you, God, just for the facility that you've blessed us with and this opportunity in such a time as this to come to this place and open the Word of God. 
And Lord, I, I pray here this morning uh, that you would take your word and it might go forth with power, with conviction. And Lord, you know the need of, of every heart here today. I, I pray, and this could very well be the generation uh, that will be raptured, that will be taken. And God, just uh, uh, help us in our hearts to, to be able to walk with you as did Enoch. And I pray that you would give truth that would be transforming here this morning. Thank you. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And you may be seated uh, here this morning. Now, as we, uh, just by way of review, have, have covered some thoughts about the book of Hebrews, I, I just felt a few weeks ago led of the Lord to, to deal with Hebrews chapter 11 because I think it, it is so applicable to our day and our time. Uh, the book of Hebrews was penned to encourage Christians to continue walking with God uh, during difficult times, during difficult circumstances. And one of the major themes here of the book of Hebrews is to encourage Christians uh, not to shrink back in fear, uh, not to turn backwards, but to press forward uh, even during difficult days. Instead, pressing forward in faith, continuing doing what God has called you to do, no matter the circumstances. I've given a definition of biblical faith. Uh, many definitions you could give, but this is very helpful considering uh, kind of the context here of our scripture. A true Bible faith is, is a confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances or consequences. In other words, true Bible faith is simply anchored in God's word. True Bible faith takes God for his word and true Bible faith obeys that word no matter the circumstances surrounding us, no matter the consequences for obedience to God's word, true Bible faith simply does what God tells us to do. And I believe this message is so much needed today as never before Christians need to anchor in God's word. Uh, you need to know what you believe and why you believe it. Uh, the truth of God's word today is under attack and many are, are giving their lives over to the lies of the devil. And we preached uh, through the book of Daniel and tried to relate that that spirit of Antichrist is at work in our world today. And as never before, we need to allow the Bible to be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This Bible is to be the word that you are to build your life upon. The spirit of Antichrist is a spirit of lies, a spirit of deception. And we live in a day when we have experts and politicians and news media and social media all with direction for your life, but you anchor your Bible in the Word of God. Don't allow the world to set the agenda for your life. Don't allow the world to use deception and fear to control the masses. Uh, let your life be guided, directed by God and His Word. You know, I, I'm, and I'll deal more with this tonight, but I, I really fear that uh, in, in our world today with the coronavirus that many uh, have their focus today upon physical safety uh, to the neglect of their spiritual safety. In other words, uh, as we head towards eternity, so many people are focused upon this life and the physical safety to the neglect of their soul, uh, to the neglect of their children. We're going to look at Noah tonight and how he prepared an ark to the saving of his household. And oh, how we need today some, some families that uh, will understand the times in which we live and, and begin like Noah to prepare an ark for the salvation 
of their homes and of their families uh, during these times. So important that God's people allow the Bible to be their guide and that they obey the Bible uh, in the coming days. I, I don't think this is going to be popular to obey the Word of God. Uh, I think we're coming to days when many who obey the Word of God are going to be mocked and Christians are going to be considered the thorn or the enemy. It's really interesting how history always uh, repeats itself. I was looking back, it was 64 A.D. that Emperor Nero uh, blamed Christians for the burning of Rome. Uh, of course, we know that Christians were, were innocent and there were rumors going around that Nero was at fault and so he turned the blame to Christians, used that as an opportunity to persecute, to arrest, persecute, uh, to kill, to cast Christians before dens of lions and, uh, and just uh, uh, the gladiators and all of this that took place and uh, Christians were blamed for the problems of society. And I just wonder if we're not heading in some of those directions today. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of faith. Men and women who walked with God. Men and women who pleased God during those difficult times. And God provided these testimonies to encourage us. I think the testimony is this, if they did it, we can do it. And this morning we're going to examine the faith of Enoch. Enoch is the seventh uh, generation from Adam. Uh, Enoch lived before the flood. Uh, he traced his roots through the godly lineage of Seth. Uh, we have uh, in Genesis chapter 5, uh, Enoch walked with God in the midst of, of a wicked world, a wickedness all about him. And as the world turned away from God, Enoch remained faithful to God. Uh, because of Enoch's walk with God, the Bible says that God translated him. That simply means that God took him home to heaven without death. And he's a picture of the rapture. Uh, Enoch's faith is so applicable today. And so we need today men and women and boys and girls that, that will walk with God in a world that seems lost, in a world that seems crazy, it may very well be the generation of Christians that hear the trumpet of the Lord Jesus Christ and are taken home to heaven. And so this is the testimony of how we prepare for that trumpet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to give uh, three simple thoughts concerning Enoch. I'm going to build upon these three thoughts. I want you to go with me again, Genesis chapter 5. And look with me at verses 21 and 22. And we'll find here in Enoch's walk with God, it implies a conversion. A conversion. Genesis 5 verse 21 says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God, notice this, this little statement, Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. That's really interesting terminology. Nothing is said about Enoch walking with God before the birth of Methuselah. It was not until after the birth of Methuselah, verse 22, Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah, 300 years. Now it, it just seems in the wording of this that the birth of that boy did something in the heart of Enoch. Uh, sparked something before him. Now as a parent you'll, you'll understand this. As a father I can understand this. Uh, I think back to and I can remember the birth of each of, of my children. Uh, I remember Andrew was born in a birthing clinic in Oklahoma City. 
I remember at his birth, my, my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law were present. And I remember after Andrew was born, taking that little boy and holding him in my, in my arms. And I'm amazed his eyes were opened on the farm. Cats, they were born with their eyes closed. And here's, here's a little boy. I did not know what to do or how to handle that little boy. But I remember the sense of responsibility in my heart as I held that little boy in my arms. I thought, and this thought occurred to me, uh, what daddy is is going to largely affect what my little boy becomes. Uh, this boy will be what his daddy trains him to be. For the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I remember the thought, it was so clear in my heart, I can never expect this boy to walk with God if I'm not willing in my heart to be right with God. And I remember at the birth of, of, of Andrew, uh, that, that commitment in my heart as a daddy, I want to walk with God. I want to be the testimony for this little boy. I want to raise this boy. My home is going to be a Christian home. Uh, my family is going to be dedicated to the Lord. I'm going to have my family in church when the doors are open. Those were commitments. Those were vows in the depths of my heart. I committed myself afresh to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can remember with the birth of each of my children, there were unique situations with each one of them. But I remember with each one holding them in my arms and dedicating them in the depths of my heart to the Lord and dedicating myself as a father to be what God wanted me to be, to be the man of my house, to be the leader of my home, uh, to guide my family in the things of the Lord. And I remember this thought with each one, I'm responsible for the spiritual well-being of my children. I thought this often. I may not be able to give my, my family riches or wealth, but I can give them a daddy that loves Jesus Christ. I can give them a daddy that wants to walk with the Lord. And I wonder here with Enoch, it seems at the birth of Methuselah, there was something that was happening. Uh, and in his heart with Enoch, uh, it just seems he committed himself at that point to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now before one can walk with God, there must be a reconciliation to God. Because by nature, man is a sinner. And by nature, man has been separated from God. And by nature, man has experienced spiritual death. And so it's implied in this that Methuselah, or that Enoch, got saved. As you read in the book of Jude, it's really a, a precious thing. We'll, we'll turn there uh, maybe a little bit later, but uh, really a precious thing. We know of Enoch that he knew of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to the book of Jude. And it's so evident that by faith Enoch trusted the blood sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ for his sin. It's evident that through that blood sacrifice by faith, Enoch had experienced a new birth with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, interesting thought here, Methuselah. Uh, they tell us that name means when he is dead, it shall be sent. When he is dead, it shall be sent. And evidently God warned Enoch of coming judgment, of a coming flood. Enoch knew that when Methuselah died, judgment was coming upon the world. Now, very interesting in all this, a whole different message. Methuselah lived to be 969 years of age, the oldest living man in the world. I think it's a testimony of the long-suffering 
of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that name Methuselah was signified the coming judgment of God. Uh, the very year, as you study these uh, time frames, the very year that Methuselah died, the flood came. And so God evidently had dealt with Enoch. Now that warning of a coming judgment seems to have caused Enoch to repent, to turn to Christ, to be converted to Christ, and to walk with Christ from that day forward. And we read of 300 years of a walk with the Lord Jesus Christ in the life of Enoch. It's so evident that God's judgment is coming upon this sin-sick world. I think as never before, we're seeing the warnings of a coming Antichrist, the warnings of a coming tribulation, and may those warnings cause many like Enoch to repent, to turn to Christ, to walk with Christ, to be reconciled to God through Christ. As never before, we need to preach the truths of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Now, this world is soon to be judged. Only those that put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ are, are going to be uh, maybe spared, or not spared, will be spared through this judgment, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And oh, how we need to preach that message today. There's Enoch's conversion. Now let's move to Enoch's character. Enoch is one of the few pre-flood men that we know a few details about. Not a whole lot of details given to us about these pre-flood men. When we think of Enoch's character, who he was, uh, we think of the quality here of his faith. The book of Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that his faith pleased God. Hebrews 11 verse 5, by faith Enoch was translated. It says before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. So we know that Enoch had the quality of faith that pleased God. Now we know from the book of Jude that uh, the world of Enoch's day was very wicked, uh, so much so that God promised judgment. Uh, we know that before Noah, and by the time that Noah arrived, Genesis 6 verse 5, and God saw the wickedness of man, that it was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And so he gives us this testimony that in this wicked world, Enoch looked to the Lord Jesus Christ. In this wicked world, Enoch believed Christ. In this wicked world, he trusted Christ. And in this wicked world, he walked with Christ. And in doing so, he pleased God. It's a powerful testimony. No matter what happens around you, you can please God. No matter what direction this world takes, you can walk with God. You can be a difference in a sin-sick world, even if you have to stand alone, and I believe you will have to stand alone to walk with God, and I believe all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I think we're coming to days it's going to cost you to belong to Jesus. It's going to cost you to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to have to make up your mind. Enoch, please God in such a world. Now, Enoch not only pleased God with his faith, but he prophesied for God. Enoch was a preacher. He was a prophet. I want you to keep your place here in Genesis. Take your Bibles all the way to the end of the Bible, just before the book of Revelation. That little book, one chapter, the book of Jude. 
It's the last book in the Bible before the book of Revelation, the next to the last book in the Word of God. Some interesting statements made of Enoch. In Jude, verse 14, Jude, verse 14, it reads, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. I think this is very interesting. You think about this. Before the flood, before the ark, before the days of Noah, Enoch knew Christ. And Enoch walked with Christ. And according to the book of Jude, he knew that one day Christ was coming to judge this world and he called the world to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I believe we have the privilege in living in the days that Enoch saw by faith thousands of years ago. And don't you think if Enoch preached and warned his world about the coming judgment of Christ, don't you think as we're so much closer to that now that we ought to speak and to warn the world of what is about to happen and to take place in this world today, how we need to warn what Enoch saw thousands of years ago. You see, as Enoch warned, we need to be preaching, it's time to get ready to see Jesus Christ. It's time to get ready to stand before the Lord today. So we see the quality of his walk with God. He pleased God. He prophesied for the Lord. But I think about this walk with God. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 5. We see the characteristics of his walk with God. Uh, two times in Genesis chapter 5, we have this statement of his walk with God. Genesis 5 verse 22. It says, And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years, and he begat sons and daughters. You go to verse 24. And Enoch walked with God. As we think about the characteristics, of course, this walk with God implies salvation that we've mentioned, his conversion. Cannot walk with God without the nature of God. Uh, our nature is a sin nature and we cannot fellowship with God and know God. How can two walk together except they be in agreement? And so Enoch was converted to the Lord. When Adam sinned, the fellowship with God was broken. So Enoch was reconciled through the blood sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pictured that in the life of Abel. Uh, so it is for each of us, and it was for Enoch. Uh, he had this testimony that he pleased God, Hebrews 11, verse 6. He did so by faith, and so by faith Enoch was reconciled to God through the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So the walk with God implies salvation. Uh, but I believe the walk with God implies sanctification. You see, God is holy. Holy, holy, holy. How can two walk together except there be in agreement? See, God cannot walk with sin, for God is perfect. And so this implies the sanctification. Again, keep your place. Genesis chapter 5, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I think this would testify of, of Enoch. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. 
2 Corinthians 6 verse 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Uh, for ye are the temple of the living of God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And then God said, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And so this would testify of Enoch's sanctification. To walk with God, uh, you must be set apart. You must be holy as the Lord is holy. And this would imply that Enoch in a wicked world had rejected this world and Enoch chose instead to walk with God. Turn to the book of 1 John chapter number 1. 1 John chapter 1 would express a very similar thought. 1 John chapter 1 verse 6. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. And that would testify of the walk of Enoch in this wicked world. Verse number 6 of chapter 2 in 1 John. He that saith he abideth in himself also, or ought, ought, ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. You see, to walk with God, it means that we cease from our own way. Uh, it means that uh, we would abandon the world's way and we would walk in the divine way. Uh, God is not going to come to your sinful path and walk with you. If you're going to walk with God, you've got to walk in his path. And so this would imply that Enoch left the world and he left the wickedness of the world and he sanctified himself unto the Lord. He walked not in darkness as the dark world was, but he walked in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now turn your Bible to Psalm 1. I think a similar thought. Psalm 1. In Psalm 1. A very important psalm. I think every person ought to memorize this psalm. In Psalm 1, verse 1. You think of Enoch. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruits in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Notice in verse 6, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So it would imply not only was Enoch saved, but Enoch was sanctified. Enoch left the world and the darkness of this world to walk in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, to walk in the way of the Lord, to walk in the path of the Lord, not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, not to walk in the path or sit in the seat of the scornful, but to walk in the path that God had for him. Do you want to walk with the Lord? My friend, if you want to walk with the Lord, come out from among them. Be as separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. You can't walk with the Lord when you fill your heart and mind with the garbage of the world. You just can't do it. You've got to come out. And so to walk with God implies that sanctification. I believe to walk with God 
uh, implies surrender. The Lord Jesus Christ had perfect fellowship with His Father. But we read of the Lord, John 4, verse 34, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me and to finish His work. The Lord Jesus said, I delight always to do His will. And we know of the Lord Jesus that He was obedient unto death. If we are to walk with God, we must be surrendered to God and to His will. In other words, I must die to my will and focus upon His will for my life. I cannot walk with God as long as I am on the driver's seat of, my, uh, of the throne of my own heart. I must put the Lord upon the throne. I must surrender myself. I must die to me. I must die daily to myself, to my dreams, to my thoughts, to walk with Jesus Christ. So this would imply that Enoch was surrendered. I believe to walk with God would imply spiritual communion. To walk with God implies fellowship. When the Bible says Enoch walked with God, Enoch fellowshiped with God. God was his friend. They had communion together. Walking gives a picture of moving forward, doesn't it? And so they walked, they progressed, they moved forward. I believe to walk would, would picture spiritual growth. As we read in Genesis, we know for 300 years, there was this steady, consistent walk with God. What I would picture, it appears to me that Enoch, after being saved, grew to love Jesus more and more each day. I would picture a man that fell in love with Jesus. I picture a man that became more dependent day by day upon Jesus Christ. I picture a man that had a deep love, a deep fellowship with the Lord. Uh, we sing the song, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. See, that's what Enoch can, that fellowship, that spiritual communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's what the Lord wants for each and every one of us. He wants to walk with us. He wants to be close to you. He wants to be your best friend. The problem is today we live in a world and that world is so real and that world grabs a hold of us and that world keeps us from communion with God. And so what Enoch did, he rejected that world and he began to focus upon the Lord and he prayed and walked and talked and studied the word of God and communed with God on a day-by-day -day basis. That's what God wants for you. He wants to be so close to you. And so it implies spiritual communion. To walk with God implies service. Enoch walked with God, but that walk led to his witness. We read from the book of Jude, verses 14 and 15, he was a preacher of righteousness. Uh, he was a prophet of God. See, Enoch walked with God, his witness, his service, this is so important, grab a hold of this. His service to God was a product of his walk with God. His service to God, his witness for God was a product of, of, his, of his worship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I think this is so important. It's easy for us to get involved in service to the Lord without walking with the Lord. Enoch walked with God. And as a result of that walk with God, he preached powerfully 
the Word of God. And that service was born out of the walk with God. By the way, let me say, and it goes back to, to what Brother Stevenson preached, uh, that we sow to the flesh, of the flesh we reap corruption. And so many times our service is of the flesh because we don't walk with God. And service to Christ that doesn't come from a walk with the Lord is going to be wood, hay, and stubble. But service to Christ that comes out of a walk with God and out of communion with the Lord is going to be gold, silver, and precious stones. It's going to be work that is rewarded. And God called attention to Enoch. God called attention to his faith. God spoke of Enoch, this preacher of righteousness, this preacher that his preaching was born out of a walk, a close communion with the Lord. And so we have the conversion of Enoch. To walk with God, we have to be reconciled. We have this character of Enoch that came from his walk with God that pleased the Lord, a preacher of righteousness. Now let's look back, Genesis chapter 5, and I'll give you a, a third thought about Enoch, the culmination of Enoch's walk. In Genesis 5, there are eight deaths mentioned. Look in verse 5. All the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Verse 8. And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. Verse 11. All the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. Verse 14. And all the days of Canaan were 900 and ten years, and he died. Verse 17, all the days of Mahalil were 890 and five years, and he died. Verse 20, and all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. In verse 27, all the days of Methuselah were 960 and nine years, and he died. In verse 31, and all the days of Lamech were 770 and seven years, and he died. But verse 24, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. In this chapter of death, Enoch is an exception. Enoch didn't die. We go to Hebrews chapter 11. This is so important. Go there again. Hebrews 11, verse number 5. Hebrews 11, verse 5. By faith, the Bible says Enoch was translated, that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. The word translation, so important, translated. That word means carried over or carried across. You think about this, we translate. This morning I preached in the Spanish ministry. Brother Ismail translated. He, he took the language from English to Spanish. And when the Bible says of translated, God carried him across. God translated him. God carried him across death, we might say, into the life to come. Death is a river. It divides this world from the world to come. And God just transferred Enoch from this life 
into the life to come. God put him on the other shore, we might say. Took him across the river, put him on the other shore, carrying him over death. Here's the picture. One day, and this has been the case for 300 years, Enoch was walking with God. They enjoyed sweet fellowship. As they were walking, as they were communing, this world had no pull upon Enoch. In fact, the closer that Enoch came to the Lord, uh, the more he loathed the direction of the world, this world that was wicked and evil in the sight of the Lord, and every thought was wicked, and the imagination of man's heart was wicked. The closer he came to the Lord, the more he abhorred the world, and the sin of this world was, was a grief unto Enoch. He was appalled and broken by the direction of a world away from God, and it's as if God said to him, one day as they were walking, e Enoch, you're closer to me than you are to this world. Why don't you just come on up and be with me? And so God took him home to heaven. God translated him. Now in the Bible, this becomes so important. In the Bible, Enoch is a picture of the coming rapture. And one day, God's children are going to be translated. Now let me show you this in the New Testament. Turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse 13. God said, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. But then it says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Enoch was a picture of that. Uh, go back with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We call this the resurrection chapter of the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. It says, Behold, I, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Uh, this speaks of that time when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ will rise, but then we which are alive, there's coming a generation or a group of Christians that will not die. They'll be translated. They'll pass over the river. They'll pass to the other shore, so to speak, from this life into the life to come, and we shall be changed. And friends, how close we must be to that day. Uh, Enoch spoke of that day. Enoch spoke of the coming of the Lord. Enoch, a preacher of righteousness before the flood, looked forward to the day in which we live. Isn't that exciting? He looked forward to that time when Jesus would come. Have you been 
reconciled to God. You can't walk with the Lord apart from a new birth, apart from a transformation of heart, apart from a new heart, a new beginning. You must be born again. Two cannot walk together except they be in agreement. See, when you were born the first time, you were born with a sin nature. When you were born the first time, you were born in spiritual death. When you were born the first time, you were born separated from God. And according to the Word of God, that reconciliation must take place through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that was shed. And the only way that blood can be applied is as it was in Enoch's life, applied by faith. You see, salvation has never changed. The means of salvation, it has always been through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, through faith in the shed blood of Christ. Enoch looked forward to the cross where Jesus would go and give his blood. We look back to the cross where Jesus has already died saved by faith and have you been reconciled to God are you saved have you been born again you see you're not ready to be translated you're not ready for the rapture uh, unless you have been saved uh, when that rapture takes place those that are not saved are going to be left behind and the judgment of God is coming upon this world and if you are saved this morning are you walking with God are you really walking with God? Are you gaining closer relationship to the Lord each day? Gave you the definition of faith. We've given this several messages now. True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances, in spite of consequences. See, in this day of fear and confusion, you can walk with God. You can be led by God's word, not by the experts, not by the politicians or the news media or the social media, but by the word of God. The word of God must be the lamp under your feet, the light under your path. If you're walking with God, then you're prepared for the rapture. But if you're not walking with God, you're going to stand before the Lord ashamed. Wood, hay, and stubble. Enoch's conversion... Seems like with the birth of Methuselah, uh, something sparked in his heart. And after the birth of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. Enoch's character, he was saved, sanctified, he was surrendered to the Lord, had spiritual communion, he was involved in service to the Lord that was born out of his walk with God. And then Enoch's culmination translated, taken home to heaven to be with Jesus Christ. Every head bowed.